Good evening, James. It's only by the grace of God that I will be able to sit up here in front of you once again and to be able to share this word. I know that I am not worthy, but still use me as an instrument to share this word to all of us here. It's been a while since the last time that I've shared this word, and every time I stood up, it seems like I feel that it is my first time to do it, honestly. Probably you know what I'm talking about. But it only, it only means something to me. It only means that I should not do I should not depend on my own, on my own wisdom and knowledge, but totally depend on you. But the words that I'm going to share is not from me, but from you. God is worthy to serve our glory and honor. So this time, we are going to study the birth of Christ. The birth of Christ. And in line to our topic, for this month, how many, how many more days before Christmas? How many more days? Two weeks? Fourteen? Are you excited on that day? Are you? Are we? To celebrate the birth of the one who changed the history of the world. Totally changed the history. So as we start this topic this evening, may I ask the congregation to join me in a word of prayer. And let us ask the guidance and wisdom of our God. As we study this word, let us pray. Our loving God and Heavenly Father, it is only by your grace that we could be able to come and study your word. Lord, we are here in your throne of grace asking for your guidance and wisdom as we study your word. Open our hearts, open our minds, Lord God, so that we may be able to apply it on our life, Lord God. As we meditate your word, Father, may we see who we are and you, who you are in our life and what you've done in our life, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, because you gave your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the reason why we can celebrate the Christmas Day. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy, Lord God. Father, so much grace that you give them to us, Lord God. And Lord, this is all we ask. Christ, we will pray. Amen. Amen. As I said a while ago, the connection to our topic for this month, just like what I've said, um, about the birth, it is all about the birth of Jesus Christ. And in line to this topic, the anticipation of the birth of Jesus, and in connection with this, I entitled my message. I entitled my message, Look Back. And the main text is on Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. If you have your Bible with you, please open it on the chat, on the chat. And it says, Alright then, the Lord Himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. 
which means God is with us. What really happened when Jesus was born? Let us look back. By the time we're looking, we're, by their time, during their time, they were looking forward to the incoming birth of the Messiah. But for us now, we are looking backward on the first Christmas that was happening. We are celebrating Christ. We are celebrating Christ's birth today, which is very different from the first Christmas. And I, I know some of you may agree with me, and some of you may or not. People's anticipation of Christ's birth was different to what was really happened. What really happened on the first Christmas? On this message, I will try to answer this question by looking at the past in the New Testament, particularly to the book of Matthew and the book of Luke. So first, Jesus' birth is full of surprises. Jesus' birth is full of surprises. It was a surprise to us that an old woman would conceive a baby, Elizabeth, the wife of Zechariah, the priest. And let me share with you the whole story before the birth of Jesus and what really happened. Um, the birth of John the Baptist were foretold. He was a member of Abiyah, which means my father is Yahweh. Together with his wife and also from the priestly line of Aaron, they were righteous in God's eyes because they were careful to obey all the laws, Lord's commandments, and regulations. But there is one problem that they have. Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were all already. One day, Zechariah is serving the temple the temple of God and because that was his duty during that week and also most of the time he was chosen by the people or by the lot of people to enter the sanctuary and burn incense during that day and on that day while the incense burning a great crowd stood outside stood up outside and they prayed, and Zechariah was there at the sanctuary. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah. And who's that angel appeared to Zechariah? was angel Gabriel. At first he got frightened when he saw the angel standing next to him. And the angel said to him, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, because God has heard your prayer. You're next to him, and the angel said to you, don't be afraid, or your, your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and the angel said you will have a great joy, and you will go to name him John, and many will rejoice at his gladness. And also he will be great in the eyes of the Lord, so he must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before His birth, and He will turn men Israelites to the Lord their God. And another is that He will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the God. Then Zechariah answered back to the angel, How can I be sure this will going to happen? He said that I am an old man now, 
and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel confirmed with his name, Gabriel, and said, I stand in the very presence of God, that he was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But, but since you choose not to believe, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, because his work will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Then the people out of the sanctuary waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering why it takes so long, and when finally he did come out, he couldn't speak. He couldn't speak to them. And they realized that his silence must have been a vision in the sanctuary while he was there. Then Zechariah went home because his duty is done already, and he was amazed when Paul and his wife got pregnant. So now let us look what the Bible says about this couple. That was in Luke chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. It says, Zechariah and Elizabeth once were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. Lesson for this. God is preparing something in his love to the person who follows and serves, serves God faithfully. No matter how long it is and long it will take, but still you are going to fulfill it. On Luke chapter 1 verse 13 says, But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son. And you are to name King John. They were praying for a long period of time. God will not be pleased when we don't believe His word. Like on Luke chapter 1 verse 20, But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Another, God gives up obedient followers of His will. God gives up obedient followers of His will. In Luke chapter 1 verse 24 and 25 says, Soon afterward, afterwards his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How fine the Lord is, she explained. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. During the time, it was a dishonor for a married woman not to have a child. People think that maybe that person has sinned and God is punishing her. God is always interesting. He is always ready to leave off his children that obey him. For us who know what the truth is, let us always do vision. Let us always do vision. It was also a surprise that a virgin will be pregnant. That was on Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to the married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to hear to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. 
In Jesus the third, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel called her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Mary was amazed and confused when she, she heard the news. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. She was thinking, what is the angel saying? Imagine a 16 year old woman got pregnant. She said, how can this be? And also Joseph, her fiancé, was more confused. When he heard it, um, let's read Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to, the married, to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, baby, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for she will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message to his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will go, she will give a birth to his son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, she did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual, sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. In that day's custom, it is a disgrace for an engaged to be, to be, to be married woman and found pregnant. And the punishment would be stoned to death. Imagine. Joseph, being a good person, wants to save Mary, so he decided to leave her secretly. But what? What? What did the angel say to Joseph? The power of God. And second. Jesus' birth is full of salvation. Because the people that Jews are submissive. Mary was obedient and submissive, submitting to God's will. Luke chapter 1, verse 13 says, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. She worshiped, she worshiped God. That's in verse 47 of Luke. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She didn't take honor, but gave it to God. Verse 48 uh, of chapter 1, the book of Luke says, For she took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Joseph also is a 
Joseph also is obedient to the will of God. Matthew chapter 1 verse 24 When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. He never seeks for his own welfare, but follows God's plan for his life. Yet, they face this disgrace of evil. It's kind of shameful in the view of people that they don't know what's happening for them. For us, are we willing to submit to the of God? They seem to obey when God commanded them. How about us? Are we willing? Another, Joseph took Mary as his wife but never touched her until she gave birth to Jesus. The necessity of this is that so that Jesus' purity will not be questioned. Joseph and Mary obeyed order of Augustus Caesar. That's what, that was on Luke chapter 1, verse 1 5. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that the census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinus was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for their census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem and Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. Approximately it was about more than 100 miles from each city. And he traveled on a donkey, which does not travel fast like a horse. And Joseph walked it. He would take over a So imagine how far that he traveled. They just then, thirdly, Jesus' birth was full of sacrifice and sorrow. Jesus' birth was full of sacrifices and sorrow. Sacrifice of the part of the Magi to travel many months just to see Jesus. Because of Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And let us take note of this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king, newborn king of the Jews? We saw the star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. They are magicians, wise men, astrologers, and not kings. There are maybe more than three reasons reason why. Because, because in those days, there were many bandits on the road. And these people cared well with them, their deeds to Christ. So they traveled a long way just to worship the Savior. Lesson from this. True worshipers will not be hindered by distance and any person. Like in Kirat. True worshippers worship the right person. It's not Jesus. It's Jesus, not Joseph or Mary. True worshippers bring 
bring offering to God, and it should be the best. They, they offer the best to Christ. Sacrifice on the part of the couple to see their firstborn babe to be born in a manger. Another, it's sorrow on the part of King Herod, who is not the real king of the Jews. King Herod knew from the very beginning that he is not qualified to be the king of the Jews because he came from the descendants of Edom, Esau, not from Jacob. Sorrow on the part of the mothers because their baby, because of their baby boy were killed, just to be sure that Jesus will not become king. Part of the decree under Pasuman. The child Jesus was a Jewish refugee from Palestine, remember they escaped. And a Jewish refugee from Palestine who was granted political asylum along with his parents by Arabs in Egypt. The macro political context was Pastromana. The peace of Rome, which was actually an imperial anti-insurgency narrative. Herod's order of battle against the two-year-old Jesus that eventually led to massacre of children was an example of impunity under Pastromana. Just to make sure that the promised king will not rise up, he ordered to massacre all the firstborn during their time. Now, in conclusion to this message, what we think of Christmas, we must think of these things. It's a surprise. What surprise are you expecting this kind of Christmas? Especially for someone? Another submission. Have you given up something for the sake of following God's will? And what was that? That's sacrifice. Think of Christ's sacrifice just to save me and you. We can celebrate Christmas because we know for a fact that Christ was born. But most likely Greg, we cannot celebrate it when we didn't when he didn't die on the cross for our sins. Oftentimes we do forget the other side of the truth. But Christ was born just to pay the penalty of our sin and also to satisfy the wrath of God for our sin. The gospel is not complete. If we just think his birth without understanding it. He was born to die on the cross just to save me and you. And for the glory of the Father, so that we could have complete joy. Now, what sacrifice have you done in serving you? What sacrifice have you done in serving you? Merry Christmas and let us bless God for our lives. Good evening.